Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jay Kepner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, will be invented to you by Pet Online, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, mm. the wait mm. is just about over. We have been waiting for week one of the Chargers NFL season opening up against the Miami Dolphins. We have had to sift through February. We've had to sift through March. We've had to sift through April. We've had to sift through May. You have heard me say plenty of times on this show, it's only June. It's only July. It's only August. We have finally hit the weekend of week one in the NFL. How hyped are you? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, Chargers open up Sunday against the Dolphins, a half a game up in the AFC West over the the Pansy City Chiefs. I get to use that today because they lost. That felt good. Uh, Half a game up as the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs lose to the Detroit Lions at home. All of AFC West applauds uh, in gratitude. And here we are. Chargers playing a football game on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. We got storylines galore. Obviously, we need to set the table, go through kind of the latest on the injury front, some breaking news on the Chargers side and on the Dolphins side that might perk your ears up a bit and may pin ears back for a certain defensive lineman on the Chargers. Uh, but Jake, before we get to all things Miami Dolphins, of course, you get to get it to bold predictions. We're getting into keys, matchups, offense versus defense. You name Dan it. Got to go over under for this for months. He's been oh, for this. Jake, it feels so good. Over or under? Caesar Sportsbook currently has the line at fifty-one total points. Over or under fifty-one for the Los Angeles Chargers Miami Dolphins total score. Yeah, I'll go over on this one. Again, you're talking about two very different teams than what they were when they met last year at that point in the season. Uh, For the Dolphins standpoint, you know, they're going to have their full complement of weapons. Their defense, obviously, is still going to be one to contend with in the AFC conference. Obviously, the Chargers are going to have a lot of new looks about them in terms of players that were not playing for them last year are definitely going to be playing for them in this game this year. Uh, So it's going to be an exciting home opener. I expect fireworks. Uh, you, you always expect high fireworks when you think about what Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can bring to the oh, game. But in the oh. new look Chargers offense with Kellen Moore and everything that we have heard up until this point with the aggressiveness, with the downfield play, you expect fireworks. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I've gone on record in saying I think that this is the most exciting game of the entire week one uh, slate. That the chart that the NFL has put out. So I'm looking forward to this one. It's gonna be a great game. Definitely say that it goes over 51. All right, Jake, before we get to keys to the game, matchups, offense versus defense, kind of the latest and setting the stage for this Los Angeles Chargers Dolphins game. Let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. I want to remind everybody that Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your own home. All you got to do to get in the action is head on over to the website, betonline.ag. Use the website or use your mobile device to join. And be sure to use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. 
For those watching and listening in the comments, obviously, after you like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, uh, let us know in the comments, what is your bold prediction? You'll hear ours at the end of the show, but we want to hear from Chargers fans or Dolphins fans if you're watching, listening. Uh, what are your bold predictions for the Los Angeles Chargers versus Miami Dolphins week one matchup? We'll get to some of those uh, as we move forward in the weeks past. But Jake, before we get to the offense, defense, predictions, storylines, whatever, I think it's smart that we first set the stage, set the table, if you will. Fork, knife, napkin in hand. We're ready to go. Let's eat some dolphin when you get there on Sunday. But setting the table, we all know what happened last year. Tua didn't look good. That was arguably the worst game of his career. Chargers decimated by injury were able to overcome. Brandon Staley's probably feather in the cap of 2022 in terms of single game performance. Lots of players, Jake, were not on this Chargers team last year at this time i want to i think this is an important part we know about like the kellen moore ad the Derek ainsley now defensive coordinator vic fangio brought in although i would argue their flores defense actually looks pretty darn good last year against the chargers beat up offense but to set the stage you know we talk about how important how pivotal the nfl draft is especially for these los angeles chargers i treat this game and the players returning as extra draft picks that are now on this Chargers team. Listen to this, Jake. Players that the Chargers have in this game that were not present, that were absent from last year's matchup versus the Dolphins. It's a lengthy list. Yes, it's a lengthy list. On defense, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, JC Jackson, Eric Kendricks, all missing, and Derek Ansley, not the DC. On offense... Ready for this? <laughs> Rashawn Slater, Trey Pipkins, Quinton Johnson, Darius Davis were not there. Kellen Moore was not there. Shout out to Joe Lombardi, who was there. No Will Clapp, no Matt Filer, no Foster Sorrell this year. And oh, by the way, Jake Foster Sorrell last year gave up five hurries and six pressures by himself. And his run game grade was even worse than passing. Run grade, run blocking grade, excuse me, he had just a 37 grade. Pass blocking, 44. And thankfully, no Joe Lombardi. We got Kellen Moore back. Miami, no Jalen Ramsey, which is a big deal. I think it's kind of the biggest one. And late breaking, Jake, Teron Armstead, their left tackle, excuse me, their right tackle, out officially, according to Mike McDaniels, back up on that side that has probably Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa salivating. Like I said, it's going to be a very different game, Dan. Uh, you look at this injury report for what it is now. I mean, you look at the Chargers having the fortunate timing of this game be the first game of the season. You like to see an injury report that's this low, uh, even though you'd still like to have the likes of Dayon Henley and Chris Rump out there. It does not look like they will end up being able to go in this game. So you would expect a practice squad elevation, which immediately your mind goes to Tanner Muse, who the Chargers uh, ended up claiming off of waivers during the practice squad Andrew period Farmer. and filling that out. And Andrew Farmer, uh, elevate him to solidify the edge position and round that would out with looked, the four edge. He looked good. He definitely looked good in preseason. So uh, he put up some very nice stats for himself during that. And I think it was that was a key player that the Chargers wanted to bring back and keep on their practice squad. So this is the setup, Dan. This is a setup, and, and truth be told, regardless of whether or not Teron Armstead is playing in this game or not, uh, personnel-wise, obviously, it's an advantage for the Chargers, but still, I, I don't think that this is going to 
slow down the Dolphins whatsoever. It, you just you can't when you have the likes of the weapons that they have. Uh, so the Chargers are going to have to be mindful of that. They're going to have to be able to have their defense be versatile enough, be able to go out there and confuse Tua and give him some different looks because this is still going to be a high-scoring affair. Don't expect a blowout from the Chargers. Don't expect uh, – this is going to be a back-and-forth heavyweight type of game, in my opinion. I agree with you. I agree. Um, so I think we got to get into – kind of keys to the game and kind of offense versus defense on both sides. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about our friends over at Aura. Uh, identity theft and preventing it is very important. So many millions of people around the country are affected by identity theft. I can't tell you how much. I could tell you. I don't have it up in front of me. How many dollars have been lost to fraud by identity theft? Robocallers, you name it. All of that can be solved by our friends over at Aura. They're giving a two-week free trial. Let's listen to our friends over at Aura being talked about by a one Jake Hefter. And then we'll get into the Chargers offense, key storylines, versus the Dolphins defense on Chargers Ovation. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Chargers Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. Jake, this ain't your 2022 Los Angeles Chargers in that game versus Miami. It's a very different beast, but let's not just blow smoke the entire time. This Dolphins team is damn good. And they have a top 10 roster. No questions asked. That front seven of Miami is absolutely ruthless. Jake, let's get into the Chargers offense versus the Miami defense. Where would you like to start? I'll start in the trenches, Dan, because honestly, this is to me the biggest storyline. This is good. This is going to be the key to the game that I think is going to either have the Chargers winning or losing the game. And considering what it's going to do for the pass blocking for Justin Herbert, which he definitely didn't have last year as Jalen Phillips was an absolute one man wrecking crew last year and what he was able to do to foster Sorrell on that side. It seemed like Jalen Phillips was in the backfield every single play last season. So now you're going to solidify that offensive line with Trey Pipkins on the right. You have a reshuffled and in my opinion, improved offensive line. And how about it, the return of the great one in Rashawn Slater to lock down the blind side of Justin Herbert. So let's start in the trenches. Yeah, trenches is going to be a key. Uh, Chargers looked very bad in the trenches last year, both in the offense side of the ball and defensive side of the ball. What we're talking about the Chargers offense right now, Jake, the pass protection is going to be pivotal for the Chargers team going up against the Miami front seven, which is tenacious. You're talking... Christian Wilkins, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Ogba, Roquan Davis, like Raquan Davis, excuse me. Jake, last year, they had 31 pressures versus the Chargers offensive. Wow. Line. And that's and 17 alone from Chubb, Phillips, and Wilkins alone. And for comparison, Jake, those three guys, 17 from Chubb, Phillips, and Wilkins, the Chargers' entire defense had just 15. 
they were wrecking shop constantly. Now, obviously, there were some players playing last year on the offensive line that were not starters. So there's a lot of kind of asterisks, which in the news today, there's a lot of questions and topics about the use of the word asterisk when it comes to game balls and winning games versus the Kansas City Chiefs. But I digress. Trench warfare is going to be big. Trey Pipkins and Sean Slater are much better than the guys who were starting off last year. You got Matt Filer no longer there. Zion Johnson, Jamari Sawyer, both in their respective pieces and places, excuse me. It's going to be interesting to see. Again, this is the first NFL game for Jamari Sawyer at guard. Now, granted, that's where they drafted him at, and he played tremendously at tackle. But regardless, this is still game number one for him in the NFL as a guard. So you can be as confident as you want based on what you've seen previously. It seems to me like this is kind of like a rookie performance debut at guard for him. Going up against Christian Wilkins and company, that's going to be tough. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's a big one. I think another storyline, Jake, is like, who the hell knows? The, the funny part about this is you talk about how different this game is going to be versus last year. Joe Lombardi versus Kellen Moore. Vic Fangio versus Brian, Brian Flores. Both of those are like polar opposites of what the predecessor was. Like Brian Flores was like, Pin your ears back, blitz city, like everyone up at the line, and then the offense just has to cross their fingers and that they can cover all the pressure. Vic Fangio, very similar to a Brandon Staley type, got a too high shell, uh, a lot less given in terms of deep down the field. And then we've talked about at nauseum the difference between Kellen Moore and Joe Lombardi. So it this is game one for both of these guys on new teams, refreshed rosters, healthy, like. So as much as people want to like try to predict what they've seen and want to say, oh, this is what happened last year, and this is all the, you really don't know. Like there's gonna be a lot of rabbits pulled out of hats come Sunday on both sides of this, and so that's gonna be kind of like everyone's just kind of going into it not knowing the ending of this movie or the beginning or the middle. To be honest, that's exciting to me. Like there's just a lot of unknowns. Who knows what these sides of the ball are gonna look like? We think we know. But neither fan base has seen it yet to date. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see this all play out. You mentioned Vic Fangio, Dan, obviously that it has to be highlighted in this conversation. Him coming over as a defensive coordinator, obviously very familiar with Brandon Staley. These two have played against each other uh, during Vic Fangio's time at Denver. So he's very familiar with how Brandon Staley coaches. Um and he creates a very, very good defensive scheme against the Chargers that matches up very well from what he has done in his previous years as a coach. So I'm interested to watch this chess match play out because Staley, Fangio, and how familiar they are. Staley obviously coming up through through his tree. Uh, and to to have I'm 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 interested to see if Brandon Staley is gonna once again, you know, take the graps of the defense. And if this is going to finally be his defense that he's going to be able to create. As for Fangio, you know, when you look at the Dolphins defense for what they did last year, they were very good at, uh, at, at uh, stopping the run and they were very good at getting after the quarterback. It was with their coverage that was a little bit of their Achilles heel. And obviously, you're already down Jalen Ramsey for this game. Uh, you have two more DBs or one, excuse me, it's. Uh, Apologies for the uh, 
delay on my part. Elijah Campbell, who's already out. That's another DB. And then Justin Bethel, also for the Dolphins, who is questionable for this game. So you may be hurting already in the secondary. So what's that kind of type of coverage going to look like? Obviously, the Dolphins are going to have to rely on their pass rush to get Justin Herbert out of a rhythm in order to kind of nullify the back end of the field and won't allow him to go downfield with enough time with his receivers. But Dan, I look at it like this. When you say you don't know, It, it's because I hearken back to Kellen Moore with this. And we've talked about this ad nauseum. If you look at the receivers that Justin Herbert had last year, when you go up against the Miami Dolphins, or hell, even if you want to take it during the time when Keenan Allen was out, you kind of had a good idea of who the primary targets were going to be. If Keelan Allen was in there, he was obviously going to be a focal point. Mike Williams would obviously chip in when needed, and he made some big-time plays throughout the entirety of the season. Josh Palmer, I thought, when Keenan Allen was out, definitely stepped up very nicely. And then it was Michael Bandy and DeAndre Carter. So you didn't really have much. Gerald Everett would be in there, you know, here and there, not not consistently. Donald Parham was out for a majority of the season. You didn't have him. Now in Kellen Moore's offense, with Quentin Johnston added to this roster, with Darius Davis added to this roster, I truly believe this is going to be one of those type of situations where if you can tool Justin Herbert to just not give a damn who's open, throw who's ever open. And if you can make defenses guess that much on who to key in on, this is, on, this is only going to make this Chargers offense more dangerous. Try to do what Keenan Allen said months ago that he was hoping for. Take a couple of double teams off of Keenan Allen <laughs> a couple reps at a time. That would be nice. That would be nice. I do think one thing for Chargers fans to kind of brace for and prepare for is... You know, we've heard all offseason about like the Chargers now being more explosive and stretching the ball downfield and rainbows and bombs going away from Justin Herbert's arm down to whoever in the end zone kind of thing. Remember who you're going up against and who your current defensive coordinator is and your current head coach. The way that they produce on defense is very similar to Fangio. And so Fangio is kind of too high safety zone shell, sort of speak. Like the goal of that is to not allow long explosive plays, just like the Chargers in theory. So I don't expect there to be this like onslaught of rainbows coming from Justin Herbert this this game. This is going to be, in my opinion, it feels like it's going to be have to be a more patient type of offense. And I think this is where you're going to see kind of the yak term being thrown out a lot from guys like Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, all underneath. Austin Eckler, I think this is a big day for him. I'm curious to see how they utilize, if they utilize Darius Davis. Uh, This seems like kind of a one-on-one island battle, if you will, and Chargers having to kind of win that that route, like an isolation underneath versus bombs away down the field. Now, there will be play action down the field, but I think you're going to see less of that than you probably would like or that you will see in years or excuse me, in games coming up. Uh, The David Long versus Austin Eckler thing out of the backfield. That's a big one. That said, though, I am curious to see how the Chargers do and if they do stretch the field and who does it like there's no Jalen Ramsey. You mentioned that. So you got Xavier Howard, Cater Kohu, Cam Smith, Eli Apple, Kelvin Joseph, Javon Holland. A lot of names, but like the Chargers go seven, eight deep in offensive weapons. And so there's going to be a mismatch on every down. Every down. 
Can the Chargers, can Kellen Moore, can Justin Herbert diagnose that and exploit those mismatches? Can they find the weak link? I think you're going to see a ton of emphasis for the Chargers on underneath getting their guys in space for yards after the catch. That can turn into explosive runs. That can turn into explosive run after the catch. That's where I see this game as an offense getting its most bang for its buck. So just wanted to preface and wanted to brace Chargers fans for if you don't see, you know, the huge plays down the field constantly, there's a reason for that. It's it's an interesting dichotomy again because when you look at how Justin Herbert ended up doing in the Miami game last year, one of his best games from a completion standpoint and how many completions he ended up making in that game. But again, we're talking about taking what the defense was giving him and who his weapons were at that particular point in time. What I'm more interested in, as as you were kind of mentioning there, Keenan Allen, I don't think is just going to man the slot. Much like we've heard from Kellen Moore, going to use him outside. Mike Williams, you're going to try to use him a little bit more differently than you traditionally have in the past. And with all these weapons, how are you going to maximize it? So one of the biggest things that I had an issue with the Chargers last year, especially from an offensive standpoint, was adapt to what the defense was giving you, keep utilizing what is working for you, move forward with that, and obviously you have to put points up in the, points in the end zone. So getting away from the predictable vanilla offense, I definitely think that you're going to see a completely different look uh, when we open up this game on Sunday. Yeah, and for the love of God, Jake, can we please see a running game? Can I have to? Can we please see have a to. running game? They have been You're practicing, have working on it all off season. It's been talked about at nauseum, trying to be a tough and rugged football team, trying to Trenches, impose their baby. physicality. We'll see it there. All right, Jake, let's flip it over to the opposite side of the field. Uh, Dolphins offense versus Chargers defense. The floor is yours. <laughs> you always have you have to start with the receivers for this team. Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill are just a lethal combination in what they are able to do. Mike McDaniel knows how to use them insanely to perfection. And you even look at last year with just a fluke play mm-hmm. where Alohi Gilman ends up causing a fumble. Ball comes out. Tyreek Hill just takes it from one side of the field and runs an end around and goes all the way to the end zone. This is the type of, first of all, that's the, those are the type of crazy plays that only happen to the chargers. Number one, number two is that's the kind of weapon that Tyree kill has, And nobody should forget that. I'll be interested to know Dan, because from the first snap of last year's game Tua went deep to Tyree kill and Alohi Gilman was in coverage and it was an incomplete pass. Now with the return of JC Jackson is how is this secondary going to look? How are you going to be able to cover uh, be able to cover these guys? Obviously, Asante Samuel Jr. has essentially locked down that star position, so you know what your starters are going to look like. But how versatile are you going to make this? Are you going to give JT Wood some rotations and snaps? Is Derwin James going to be playing a little bit closer to the line from the standpoint that you don't end up having Chris Rump for this game and you want to give a little bit extra juice to the pass rush? Can you be versatile in that secondary? Now, obviously, everything starts up front. Terod Arbstead? Not being in this game, I don't think that that's something to poo-poo about because last year in general for the Miami Dolphins, their pass blocking was not that good. And when you take out a player the level of Teron Armstead, it doesn't help matters. So you finally have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack back healthy for this game. I think the Chargers pass rush in general, obviously, with Bosa back on the field is going to be 
much more efficient than what it was last year. And Dan, the other thing that the Miami Dolphins did well last year, aside from their receiving weapons, is they ran the ball pretty damn well, which of course was the Achilles heel for this Chargers defense last year. So you have Sebastian Joseph Day. You have the return of Austin Johnson. Can you plug those holes that were open so many times for 40-yard runs last year? Can you at least take away that side of the game of the Miami Dolphins? Because Mike McDaniel knows how to run the football, and he does it very, very well. And with the running backs that the Miami Dolphins have, they, they go really deep, and especially with one of Dan's favorites in Devon Echain. How are they going to utilize him? Because we saw in the preseason, he is a weapon out of the backfield. So the Chargers are going to have to uh, obviously cover up things in a multitude of different levels against this Miami offense, especially in the middle of the field, Dan. I'm excited to know what Kenneth Murray and Eric Kendricks are going to do in that run game. I'm excited to see that duo finally out there. So a lot of pieces that it relates to the defense, lots of areas to cover, uh, but you're never going to be able to fully take away Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It's, can you limit them? It's, can you get after the, if it's, can you get after Tua in the pass rush? Can you generate the things that you didn't have last year to help flip this game on its head? For how bad the Chargers run defense was last year, and it was like historically bad. We've talked about that previously many times, too many times. We're back to 2023 now. Why the Dolphins didn't run more in that game specifically still blows my mind. If we're talking just running backs, they ran for a grand total of 16 times. But they were getting off good rips at the run game. And they decided to just go away with it, which was weird. And I don't understand why, like, literally, Jake, you and I, I think, had talked about after the game. They literally could have run it every single time. And they probably would have won that game. And for whatever reason, at times, it seemed like they were Micah Daniels, Tua, whoever, just trying to flex and trying to win the way they wanted to win, which was through the air with Tua and Waddle and Tyreek, and it just didn't work out. So big test this week. I do think that Miami Dolphins probably look at that as a missed opportunity for them. They're going to have to test. I think they're going to test it this year. Can the Chargers defense actually stop the run early to where it gets the guys to feel like they need to pass only? And you mentioned like the Teron Arbstead being a big deal. Joe Shad covers the Dolphins for Locked on Dolphins, uh, put out a tweet earlier uh, in terms of like Dolphins players who are irreplaceable. And Tua comes in at number one, Tyreek Hill, number three, Jalen Ramsey, number four, Jalen Waddle, number five, Chris Wilkins, number six. Guess who's number two on that list? Teron Armstead, who essentially protects all of those guys from doing what they need to do. Teron Armstead not being there is a big deal, and the Chargers should absolutely capitalize on this. There is no excuse for either Bosa or Mac to win on the outside. Both of them are better than Austin Jackson, and both of them are absolutely better than the guy replacing Tron Armstead, uh, Kendall Lamb. Like, that should be a feast for them. And not only should they be able to garner pressure on pass rushing downs, but now having both of them should help drastically improve their run defense as well. So I think that's an important component. Like, can they limit the rushing success of theirs. I think Eric Kendricks being back in this and his impact on Kenneth Murray, like that's a big storyline to look for. Uh, no Jeff Wilson from Miami out for the first four games was so just like, it's Raheem Mostert, it's Ahmed, it's Devon A-Chain, like you mentioned. Um, 
the perimeter game, I think, is going to be important for this Chargers team. Like, I we know, like, in terms of, like, outside runs, like, the Miami Dolphins didn't really do much of that last year. They ran a lot inside. But the passing game on the outside, kind of like the short screens, sweeps, crossers, guys in space, making people miss tackles, things like that. Yep. I think that's going to be important for the Chargers to sure up, which, again, they focus on tackling fundamentals and swarming defense all offseason. But you kind of mentioned it. Like, we don't know what kind of J.C. Jackson we're going to see. We don't know what kind of Alohi Gilman we're going to see coming off of the injury. We have no clue what we're going to see from Kenneth Murray this year. We hope to see some improvements from the interior defensive better. line, but we don't know. We, I think we know what we're going to get from Derwin, and we think we know what we're going to get from the other outside edge rushers. Asante, Mike Davis, Jazir Taylor, Dean Leonard. Like those guys, I think we kind of know for good and for bad what we're getting. Lastly, I will say, you know, there's so much hype talked about, like the Chargers uh, slot corner battle kind of thing. And Jake, you and I kind of talked about previously, like matchups will dictate kind of who is playing a lot in those games at those positions. And while Asante Samuel Jr. has been kind of cross-training to play inside this whole offseason and won that job, you're still going to see a ton of Jazir Taylor in this game. And I think that's a good thing because of his strengths and how they compare to the Dolphins' strengths. The Dolphins' receivers, specifically Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, absolutely eat up, feasting in a buffet line, zone coverage. Eat it up. And that is what Asante Samuel Jr. is very good at. Excuse me, is very bad at. No, that's right, very good at. <laughs> so, what the Chargers did last year, you saw Jazir Taylor play man coverage against those guys. Mike Davis, man coverage. Again, you're talking like lengthy guys with speed, matchup one-on-one against those two. Jazir Taylor is a very good matchup better matchup than Asante Samuel Jr. would be in zone coverage. That's what he's best at. So if you see Jazir Taylor out there, like that's because it gives them a competitive advantage. So just putting that out there so folks know like ahead of time, there's a reason for it. Uh, so Jake, before we get to the predictions, which I know you're so excited for. Oh, yes. Uh, let's just go through real quick, kind of rapid fire here, kind of like the keys to the game. Okay, we talked about a whole bunch of offense, defense. And we, we know how important special teams is. To me, I think the things to look for and like the stat box or just the things that if you fast forward to the end of the game, third and fourth down conversions for the Los Angeles Chargers offense, I think it'd be huge. Huge. Uh, fluke slash explosive plays allowed by the Chargers defense. Got to take him away. Got to limit him at least. Like, come on. Can we not have a scoop and score from Tyreek Hill for 70 yards? That'd be nice. Um, the QB pressure discrepancy, a big one. Again, yes. Miami doubled the Chargers last year. And then at the end of the day, you know, it's important to have the individual matchups. We talked about like Mac and Bosa. We talked about Waddle Hill versus DBs and the interiors and the coordinators. Start fast in the middle eight. Look at the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half, and the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Can they take advantage of those times and win those time slots? Because Chargers they lost were horrible. Those yeah. <laughs> they were all the horrible, time. horrible in the, essentially the middle 12. 
the Chargers were horrible. Hell, if yes. you want to even push it even further than that, it was more like they were horrible in the mid and last 30. <laughs> so whatever the hell you want to call it, they were terrible when it came to scoring points in that time frame. Yes, Jake. All right, here we go. We're less than two days away now. Chargers versus Dolphins. Predictions. Bold predictions. Let's do it. Okay. First of all, as I said earlier this week, I'm not being it. This is more so of me thinking of what the Chargers have to accomplish. And I say have to. And to start off with a statement game like this against an AFC conference opponent, when you know how stacked it is going to be, that every win in this conference means something in terms of getting to the playoffs. And as much as the Chargers need it, not just because I would, I'm thinking with an optimistic head, but because right now it's do or die. And to go out there with this, I'm going to take the Wait, Chargers. Did you, hear that? did you hear that? Jake's thinking with an optimistic head. No, I said not just thinking with an optimistic head. I'm more so putting stock into you have to go out and perform. You have to do this. Mm. Start fast, as you said, Dan. Get this win under your belt against a tough AFC Conference opponent. I got the Chargers winning (laughs) 28-24. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. It's probably going to stress us out at the end part of the game like it normally does with every Chargers game over the last four years. But... It, hey, Dan, it's, it's week one. As you said, we don't know yet. So I don't necessarily have the pessimistic finger to put anything on yet. So yes, there's optimism, but more so, Brandon Staley, Kellen Moore, let's deliver on everything that you've been talking about during the preseason. 28-24? That was your prediction? 28-24. All right, and then bold prediction. Give me one. Bold prediction. I'm going to say that the Chargers actually hold the Dolphins to less than 80 yards rushing. <laughs> that's why Jake, That's why it's bold, baby. That's why it's bold. Jake's feeling frisky. Uh, I like this optimistic viewpoint from Jake. This is, we're in uncharted territory here. Uh, 24, so 28, 24? 28-24. I'm going 27-20 Chargers. For much of the same reasons as you. Uh, I think this team is so much better than it was when they played them last year. And I know they're different teams with different rosters and different guys, but the, this, this team is better than the Dolphins team. I, I believe that to my core. And then you take away Jalen Ramsey, you take away Toronto Arbison, who are two probably of their top five players. Jalen Ramsey might be the best player on their team other than Tyree Hill. The Chargers come into this healthy 27-20. I see the Chargers winning this and be a full game ahead in the AFC West over the Kansas City Chiefs. I know it's only week one. At least for week one. It's week one, but look, that, I mean, imagine being Brandon Staley. Right now, guys, ladies and gentlemen, we go into the season with a half a game lead. This is our division to win. Literally. 27-20, Los Angeles Chargers get the win. Start 1-0. First homestand. Bold prediction. I think you're going to see a special teams play, either turnover or touchdown. One of the two. Love to see it. Benefiting the Chargers. 
Big day. Big weekend for the Los Angeles Chargers, for Chargers fans everywhere. Uh, the redemption season, Jake, starts Sunday, 120, SoFi Stadium. Chargers fans, buckle up. Because this is going to be a wild game and just the start of a wild season. And we got you covered for all of it. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we head on out of here and cross our fingers? We've been waiting too long. Let's get after it. Football is back. For Jake Hefner, Dan Wilkenstein, Chargers Unleashed, LA Football Network. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.